This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. And um, remind you, my parents are in Alaska. My sister had a baby, um, my little nephew Mikey, a couple weeks ago. So they're up there staying in a cabin, running away from moose and grizzlies and all weird stuff. It's weird up there, but they're having a good time. So praise God for that. And um, I just also want to point out, man, look at all the new ink at church. Look at this. Hey, come on. <laughs> look at this. Isn't this great? It's been amazing to see as the carpet sub, we're seeing these verses, you know, some of these are from the mid nineties or earlier. And then we've got all these new ones being written on here. So if you want to put a verse on the floor, um, there's, there's a bunch of Sharpies up here. Come up and, and, and write a verse anywhere in here on the floor. If you do the walls, you're going to get in trouble. That's a no, no. Katie's already threatened to spank anybody that does that. So don't do that. But write any, uh, write a verse on the floor here. And then, I mean, we may not see these again for another. 10, 15, 20 years, I don't know, but they're right there and we're going to know that they're there. And, and amen, we're standing on the word. Dylan got that. I'll give you that $10 later. Okay. All right. So um, this morning, our message title is this liar, liar. We're going to be talking about uh, some lies that come your way this morning. And if you need an outline for the message, if you didn't get one, raise your hand. The ushers will give you an outline to follow along with. But if you've been a Christian very long at all, you probably have stumbled across this truth that Satan is a liar. He lies. And I mean, that's one of his main ways of getting at somebody. He will fire lies at your mind, at your soul all day long. He'll do it in your sleep. He'll fire. And, you know, Ephesians six talks about the fiery darts of the wicked one. He's firing fiery darts at your mind all day long. Am I the only one that has to battle this where where there's lies coming to me from the enemy? Okay, I am. the. All right. It's cool. I'll preach to myself then. No, I mean, we're all in this, right? Where, where he comes and he tries to just plant little seeds. And if you don't cut that off at the root, if you don't take care of it and resist that, you start to believe the lies that the devil is bringing to you. You think people don't like you? You think that, oh man, I've got a headache. It must be cancer. You th- I mean, things just blow out of proportion and you believe the lies until they overtake you. This is one of his number one tactics. You gotta, you gotta be smart about this. You gotta, you gotta catch on to this if you're gonna fight the good fight of faith that the devil is a liar. And I know a lot of people that they listen to him. They listen to the devil probably more than they listen to God. You know what I mean? They, they probably listen to the devil because when you listen to God more, you start to resist it. You, you can tell if it's a lie or not. A, a thought comes to you. Somebody even says something. And, and right away, if you've been listening to God, you're like, no, man, that, that's not true. The Bible says this. So that means that this couldn't be true because God's not a liar. The devil's a liar. Amen. And so you have got to get to the place where you know the truth. Because what happens when you know the truth? It sets you free. The truth will set you free, but lies will keep you in bondage every day of your life. Man, I know people in prison to lies that they believe that are so unbelievable, it's not even believable. But they believe it. 
they believe these lies. And so you've got to get a hold of what we're talking about today and differentiate between God's word and lies from the enemy. This will change your life if you can get this. So let's go ahead and open this up in prayer this morning. And we're going to get into the word of God here. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that we have a church to come and worship you in, Lord. We thank you for the great things that you're even doing in our buildings right now, Lord. And, and God, I pray this morning that as we open up our hearts to the word of God, you're going to speak to each person here, Lord. You know. You know what each one is dealing with, and we know that your answers are right here in your word. So change us today, Lord. Build us up, encourage us, challenge us, and lead us in the way that we should go. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. So the first thing we're going to say this morning is this, is that Satan has been a liar since the beginning. This is not something new. He didn't just start, you know, a couple weeks ago, say, I think I'm going to try I'll try being a liar for a while. Maybe that'll get over. on. No, he's been doing this for a very, very long time. That's why he's good at it. But let's look at this morning in Genesis chapter three. Genesis chapter three. Am I in the right church? Did I, did I make a wrong? And it was louder than this in the woods this week. You guys are getting quiet. Genesis chapter three. We're going to look here at verses one through five. And you may know this story about the serpent. And that's why I don't trust snakes to this day. Can't stand them. And, it, you know, it comes back to this. But anyway, I just don't like him either way. But Genesis chapter three. We're going to look here at verses one through five. Check this out. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? And so that's I mean, that is a lie right there. Did God say that they couldn't eat from any of the trees? No, there's millions of trees right there. And all he says is you eat from any tree you want to, just not that one tree. And so the devil will come in and try to make the ways of God sound like some undoable, unbelievable, hard task. And it's not it's not that at all. God never said, don't eat from any tree in here. He said, just don't eat from that one tree. There's a million other trees to choose from. Just stay away from that one tree. So the devil comes in immediately and starts getting her to question what God said. Of course, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. And so that's just like the devil, man. He tries to come in and make the ways of God sound like some unbelievably hard thing, like some terrible taskmaster, like God's not fair. No, that's a bunch of baloney right there. And she comes in and says, no, no, we can eat from anything. We want just not that one tree. And he says, oh, OK, well, 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 listen to this. If you eat like that, if you eat from that, you're not going to die. She gets he gets Eve to start questioning God. And that that goes directly against the word that God had spoken to her. Right. God said, you eat, you eat that. You go, you're going to die. And she and the devil says, no, no, you're not going to die. Man, that, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. <laughs> that, that's absurd. That, that's wild. You're not going to die. 
And the devil does that same thing to us today. He does that same thing. God's word says, you know, don't, don't do this. That'll bring that'll bring harm into your life. Stay away from that right there. That that only brings that 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 brings difficulty. That that brings harm into your life. And the devil says, it's not really that big of a deal. You can go go ahead, go drink it, man. Drink all you want. It's not that big of a deal. Don't judge me. Go ahead, smoke it, man. Sleep with them. Just do it. It's not that big of a deal. And then, then, and then when someone says something, say, only God can judge me. Listen, that is the biggest lie that we've ever been fed in this generation. That is baloney. There are consequences to our actions. And they don't always happen immediately. That's the hard part. Because the devil says, Yo, you're not going to die. And it's true. She wasn't going to die immediately. But up until this point, death did not exist. Death, that death did not exist. That's not something that God wanted to ever happen. Death did not exist. But Adam and Eve brought it into this world by disobeying. And so the devil says, you're not going to die. And it's true. They weren't going to drop dead the minute they touched that fruit. But it would eventually lead to their deaths. And it brought death into this world. And because of Adam and Eve's decision to believe the devil instead of God... Listen, there's stuff going into this world to this day. This is one of the biggest decisions that's ever been made. These guys believed a lie from the devil and it cost them their lives. And it's affected every human being for the last however many years because they believed Satan instead of God. Now, it's easy to point at these guys and say, oh, man, that's that's crazy. They should have seen right through that. Well, there's a lot of times we believe the devil's lies instead of God's truth. Because God's word will say one thing and we'll say, eh, I don't know, this, this seems more, more, I don't know, this makes more sense to me. That, you know, that I, this makes, I get this over here. And we believe the devil's lies over God's truth. And Satan was mocking God to Eve that day. He was mocking God. And doesn't that same thing happen today to us Christians, doesn't it? He comes and says, are you serious? You guys are crazy, man. You're you're not going to do this with everybody else? That's crazy. Nothing's going to happen. That's stupid, man. You guys are nuts. You're you're a bunch of lunatics and fanatics. I'm like, well, guess what? I'm going to be a fanatic that goes to heaven. I'm going to You call me anything you want, but you can't call me someone that's going to hell. I am going to heaven because I believe the word of God over Satan's lies. And I know this much. Every time I listen to the devil, I pay for it and something bad goes wrong. Amen. And every time I listen to God, things go right. Every time I do things God's way, things turn out super good. And every time that I've done things the devil's way, things have turned out super, super bad. I'm just saying you may want to look at this because this didn't work out for Adam and Eve. And I got to tell you this, that Satan's ultimate goal is to lead you away from God and destroy you. I don't believe that his number one goal is to just instantly kill a Christian. And and I believe what Satan's ultimate goal is, is to get you to doubt God. Believe that God's the one that's telling a lie now to get a Christian to turn away from God. And then he'd love to kill him at that point because they've walked away from God. Now, not only does he get rid of another soldier out of the army, but he's sending someone to hell. Listen, listen to me. Satan's goal is to get you to believe the lies 
and turn your back on God and follow him. That's what he's aiming to do. And sadly, this does happen sometimes where I've seen somebody that was an on fire Christian, absolutely serving the Lord. And eventually they believe one little lie at a time and it's leading them down the wrong path. And after a while, that mean, they've totally walked away from God. God didn't leave them. They left God. The Lord said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And I believe that with all of my heart. But I do know that there are some people that leave and forsake God. It wasn't God's choice. It was their choice because they believed the devil's lies. And it cost them every single time. And the devil will make it look like it's fun for a little bit. See, you drink, nothing happened. You did that. Nothing, nothing happened. No big deal. And on the inside, tearing you apart. Come on. Amen. It's tearing you apart. On the inside, the Holy Spirit's saying, you know better. than What are you doing? You know better than that. And on the inside, you're saying, well, nothing happened. I'm going to do it again. Why not? And after a while, you get so calloused on the inside. You're doing something you wouldn't have dreamed of a year ago. But now it's no big deal. You don't feel any remorse about it at all. That's what the devil loves right there. You believed him instead of your father. And as a dad, nothing would make me more upset than if I told my kids the truth that was going to help them and lead them along the right path. And some other guy that some other predator, some bad guy comes to no, 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 don't 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 listen to your dad. Follow me. Just I promise nothing, nothing bad is going to happen. Just follow me. It'll be good. And if they believed that predator instead of their dad, that would that would bring a lot of a lot of sorrow into my life right there. If my children believe some evil one over their own father that was just trying to protect them. And yes, sometimes God says, stay away from that. Don't do that. Why does he do that? Because he's protecting you. Any good parent protects their kids. They don't only tell their kids what their kids want to hear. They tell them the truth. Amen. And so we've got to get to this place where we believe the Lord and and his, his Satan's number one motive is to try to separate you from God. I want to show you something in Luke chapter 22, verse 31. Flip over there real quick. Luke chapter 22 and verse 31. You know, there's been times that the devil's tried to throw thoughts of fear and anxiety and turmoil and depression into my life. And and I'm ashamed to say there's been times that I've sat there and listened to that baloney, to that garbage, and, and I've started to, to receive that into my life. But when I wake up and I realize, man, that that's not what God's word says. God's word says this right here. When you resist the devil, man, listen, things change. But I want to show you something in Luke chapter 22. Luke 22, verse 31 and this is Jesus speaking to Simon Peter. The Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Do you know what it means to sift? That means you shake something up and it means to separate from that which is useful. That's the definition of sift. I mean, you know, I used to work at this fried chicken restaurant and, and it was great. But we would have to sift the, you know, the, 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 the breading sometimes to, to, to get it clean and, and, and to separate the other stuff away from it. We'd have to sift this, this flour all the time to keep it how it needed to be. And we were separating the good stuff away from the bad. We were shaking it until, until we got what we wanted out of it. And that's what Jesus said Satan was asking to do to Peter. He said, Satan came and asked to sift you as we. He's trying to separate you from me, Peter. 
He's sti- and has there ever been a time where you know, man, you've just been getting shaken from one side to the other, back and forth, up and down, all around? Your whole life's been getting shaken? Well, that happened to Peter because Satan came and asked, I'm going to sift Peter like we, I'm going to shake him up so bad that he separates from Jesus. I'm going to separate him from the very one that can save his life. And that's happened to me. That's happened to you where you've just been getting shaken all over the place trying to separate you from the most useful thing in the world. Has there ever been times where you're like, man, I know I need to read the Bible. I just I'm all over the place right now. I just don't have time for it. Listen, you're getting sifted and you're getting separated from the very thing that can save your life. The only thing that can save your life. You're, you're getting shaken all over the place and it's sifting you as we don't do that. Because look what Jesus said next to Peter. He says, but I have prayed for you, Peter, that your faith should not fail. And when you've returned to me, strengthen your brethren. He says that I'm praying for you, Peter, that your faith will not fail. Isn't that a great thought to think of that Jesus himself was praying for Peter? And he, he didn't say, Peter, listen to me. I'm going to make you make the right choice, Peter. I'm going to make you resist the devil, Peter. No. Because you have to do that on your own. You have to make the right choice yourself. Jesus isn't going to come down here and open up the Bible and put it in your hand and say, scoot over here, buddy. I want you, look, at this, look at this verse I highlighted right here. I put stars around it for you. Look at this. Read this. No, you've got to make that choice yourself. And he's saying, I have prayed for you, Peter, that your faith will not fail. He put a lot of responsibility. He encouraged Peter. But he put a lot of responsibility back on Peter saying, I know what's going on and I'm going to give you a heads up. I'm praying that your faith won't fail. And on top of it, when you get back, I want you to strengthen your brothers, Peter. Like, wow, Jesus knows what's going on. He knows what's up in our lives. Amen. And he's praying for us. And so I'm encouraging you today that, listen, if you're in that stage right now where you feel like you're being sifted as wheat, man, I pray that your faith fails not, that you won't let it separate you, that you'll be more determined than ever to get closer to Jesus. You're going to hug and you're going to hold on to him for dear life and say, I'm never, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you, Jesus. I'm sticking to you closer than I ever have before because the devil's lying right now. Amen. He's a liar and he will try to sift you as we. And so he's been a liar since the beginning. This is nothing new that he's trying to do. And I want to tell you the second thing today, and that's this is that everything Satan says is a lie. Everything. Everything that he says is a lie. Now, he might try to mix elements of truth into it. You know, like when he came to Jesus, he started trying to quote scripture to Jesus. Oh, my gosh, that was a mistake on his end. But he's trying to quote. So he may mix a little bit of element of truth. So it's a little bit. Well, well, maybe. And and you start to believe it. But you've got to know the difference. Everything he says is a lie. Let's look at John chapter eight, verse forty four. John chapter eight, verse forty four. And this is a story of Jesus speaking to the disciples. Excuse me. Excuse me. To the Pharisees. Jesus speaking to the Pharisees. And and Jesus, he spoke the truth in love. He, he was, he, he didn't hold back and, and sometimes you read some of these things that Jesus said and you're like, man, that doesn't sound very loving at all. Well, his intent was always out of love. He was trying to help people and sometimes the truth hurts. But it doesn't change the fact that it's true. 
Amen. And we got to get over that. We've got a generation of people that are afraid of the truth. They don't want to hear it at all. You, have you ever seen this, man? What do they call it now? The snowflake generation? I mean, you tell somebody something they don't like, like, man, your shoe's untied. Don't judge me. Only God. What? I'm just trying to help you, man. You're going to trip into the street and die. I'm trying to help you. You know? Hey, you got something on your shirt. Oh, my God. How, how dare you? I'm going to my safe place and play with my Play-Doh. Man, that's a... This stuff happens because we are so afraid of the truth in 2017 that we've got a generation of people that they can't handle the very thing that would set them free. If they would receive the truth, their life would be a billion times better. But they're afraid of it because sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes the truth has hurt my feelings, but it saved my life. Nobody wants to hear you're a sinner. And if you don't repent of your ways and and turn to Jesus, you're going to hell. But it's the truth. I mean, that's a pretty hurtful thing to hear. But it doesn't change the fact that it's true. Sometimes it hurts to hear, man, listen, I know I know that seems right. You know, the book of Proverbs says there's a way that seems right to a man. But the end of it is death. I'd rather hear the hurtful truth right now than end up dying of it later. Amen. And we've got so many people that are so afraid of the truth. Man, they uh, they they can't handle it. Listen, don't be like that. Sometimes I read the Bible and there's a verse that tells me what you're doing. You're doing it all wrong. And I've got the choice right then and there. God is speaking to me. God's speaking to me through his word saying you're wrong and this is right. What are you going to do about it? And sometimes I'm like, I don't want to, man, I don't want to do it that way. That'd be a lot harder. Are you kidding me? That doesn't sound like fun at all. I'd have to go and, and, and talk to this person face to face. I'd have to go. I'd have to go give this up. I'd have to go do that. Listen, it's only for your good. There's not one thing in the Bible that is there to harm you. Everything there is for your benefit. Every single thing in there is for your ultimate benefit. It may be difficult at the moment, but it's for your ultimate benefit because God is a loving Father. He's a loving Father. Every single time I've listened to Him, it has changed my life. And so John 8, verse 44, Jesus, and this is a little bit harsh, so if you're a snowflake, watch out, says, For you are the children of your father, the devil. He loved to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Man, that's a truth bomb right there. Boom. That's that's real stuff right there. Jesus said he is he is not only a liar, he's a father of lies. He hates the truth. There's nothing good in this guy. Everything he says is a lie. That's some deep stuff right there. And so I'm telling you, if you're having thoughts that are contrary to the word of God, it's a lie from the devil. If you're having health problems and thoughts are coming to you saying, no, this is it. I know you got healed last time, but not this time. This is the one to take you down. Listen, that's a lie from the devil. How do you deal with that? You speak the word of God, man. 
First Peter two twenty four says by Jesus stripes, I was healed. That's the truth. So this must be a lie coming into my mind right now. If thoughts come to you and say, oh, man, no, you're not going to make it. You're going broke this time. You're not going to pay those bills. This is the, I know every other time you've made it. But this time it's not going to you are going down this time. You say, no, no. God's word says my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Philippians 419. So these thoughts must be lies because that's not what God's word says. God's word doesn't say I'm going to go broke and go bankrupt and be destitute. My children living on the streets. The word of God says I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. Amen. You've got to get the word in there. And so how can you spot a lie? It's anything that's contrary to the word of God. Now, I'm getting ready to drop a heavy revy on you. If you can just get, bear with me. OK, get this. Truth and facts are not the same thing. Truth changes facts. The truth changes the facts. The fact may be you're sick right now, but the truth is the word of God. And it says, by Jesus stripes, I'm healed. The facts may be right now that my child is run away from the Lord. But Proverbs 22, 6 says that if you train up a child in the way they should go, they will not depart from it. Amen. They'll return to the Lord. And so you've got to know the difference between facts and truth. Facts are just a temporary thing, man. There's all kinds of facts. You know, you may have one guy that's the home run king this year. That's the fact right now. It changes next year when someone else comes. Facts change all the time. I, You know, you read scientists are, are 100% sure that this is an absolute fact. Until next year, they dig up a stick out in the mountains. They're like, oh, wait a minute. We were wrong. This, No, sorry. This it changed. This is okay. You know, facts, that's a thing of this world. But truth is an eternal thing. And truth always changes the facts. All the facts may say I'm going down this time. But the truth says I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loved me. The truth changes the facts. Why is that? Because Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And on top of that, Hebrews 13 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. If Jesus changes, we're in trouble, people. We are in a heap of trouble if Jesus changes. But guess what? He is never going to change. The promises he made are always true. The things that he said are right are always going to be right. The things that he said are wrong are always going to be wrong. The promises he made to you are always available if yours. Jesus does not change because the truth doesn't change and Jesus doesn't change because they are one and the same. John 14, 6, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. Jesus doesn't change. And so listen, the facts may be your situation is this right now. Quit focusing on the facts and start focusing on the truth. Amen. Amen. So if you well, let's compare and contrast Satan versus God for a minute. Let's take a look at the two of them. The first thing we'll say is this is that Satan can't tell the truth. Satan can't tell the truth. It's not he can't do it. Satan cannot tell the truth. We just read this. John 8, verse 44 says he has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. There's no truth in the devil. He can't tell the truth. There's absolutely no truth in him. Everything he says is a lie. I mean, have you ever known somebody 
that's a compulsive liar. You know, I've I've had a few friends over the years that it's like everything they say, you know, here. Here we go again. Let, go ahead. Let's hear the come on. This one friend me oh, this I, a couple guys come to my mind. But this one guy, you know, he was not athletic at all. OK, but he would always make up these great heroic feats of his athletic man. I, I threw this football. right. I threw it about two miles into the woods the other day. I, I had to go. He'll go call people to come bring it in. I'm like, man, you can't throw the football across the driveway, dude. There's no, there's no way you threw that into the wood. Yeah, I hit a 600-foot home run last week. And I'm like, dude, you can't play slow-pitch softball and hit it out of the infield. There's no way that you hit it over the fence. That's a lie. Everything this guy, Josh, you remember, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, everything he said was a lie. And they were so, but the bad thing is, is that when you're so accustomed to lies, I think you begin to believe them yourself. I mean, I think he honestly believed some of the junk that came out of his mouth. I really do. But it was so. Then this other guy was super into cars, and he's like, "Yeah, I've got got a Lamborghini." And I'm like, "Dude, you live in Redneckville, Indiana. There's never been a Lamborghini in this town ever." Yeah, but I, I parked it back to the Ferrari. I just drove the Pinto today because you know the Mercedes is in the shop. It's, so one day, a bunch of us showed up at his house by surprise, and we're like, okay, we're, we're going to see if all these cars, so we knock on the door. Hey, buddy, we're here. Let's, can we go in the garage? We want to see all the, your amazing collection. Surprisingly, every single one was in the shop that same day. Every car, you know, all of these multi-hundred thousand dollars, they were all, it's just crazy, but I, you know, whatever. So everything that this dude said was everything, man. Everything. And, and so there's people like this. But if there's people like that, you've got to know this, that the devil's like that. He makes up some whoppers. And sometimes it surprises me the things that some people believe. Yeah, nobody likes me, man. Everyone's against me. Man, that's a lie. That's nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah, man, I, I, I am feeling sick. This has got to be something. Maybe I have leprosy. I, I, no, you, you, you ran into poison ivy. That's not leprosy. You just blow things out of proportion, man, because you listen to lies from the devil. Don't do that. Satan can't tell the truth. And on the opposite end of things, God can't tell a lie. So everything this one says is a lie, but everything this one says is the truth. They are polar opposites. God and the devil are polar opposites, man. They are nothing in common here. And so I'm going to show you this verse. I can put up on the screen real quick. Titus chapter one, verse two. You need to know that. And there's several other references just like this one. This is just one I picked out. Titus chapter one, verse two. It says, in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. Do you realize that God, it's impossible for God to tell a lie? The second that he says something, it becomes truth. The second God speaks it, it's instantly truth. So if all of a sudden he now says, grass is purple, then guess what? That just changed, folks. Grass grass would now be purple. No, that's far-fetched. I'm not saying that's going to happen. But I am saying that God can't tell a lie. Everything he says is true. Even if he wanted to, it wouldn't be a lie because the second he spoke it, it would be truth. God can not lie. And it also tells us that God is not a man, so he can't lie. Think about that. God, God's not a man. God can't lie. It's impossible for God to tell a lie. So every single thing that this Bible says I can do, I can do. Every single thing this Bible says I can have, I 
can have it. I can have joy. I can have peace. I can have prosperity and health and provision and and healing and all these things. If the Bible says I can have it, that's the truth. And I'm telling you, I'm going to believe God's word over Satan's lies every single time because God cannot lie. Another thing is Satan hates the truth. Satan hates the truth. It's not like he's, he's offended by it and doesn't like. No, Satan hates the truth. John 8, 44, we were just there. It says he has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character, for he's a liar and the father of lies. He has always hated the truth. Because at his core, he is a liar. He is the father of lies. It goes against the truth goes against every single thing that's within him. He hates the truth. And I'll tell you what, you know, we all, you know, sometimes people say, well, we're all God's children. Well, Sorry, we're not all people that are born again Christians and have received Jesus as their Lord. They're all God's children. But he said earlier, like, you're of your father, the devil. He said those people, their father is the. So there are people in this world, as hard as this sounds, that they're not they're they're not the children of God just yet till they receive Jesus. They're following their father, the devil, who is a liar and the father of lies. That's why when you present people with the truth. And they're children of the devil. They hate the truth. They will call you a hater, a bigot, a closed-minded, uneducated, low-down, dirty, no-good scoundrel, all this stuff. If you just tell them the truth, they hate it. They hate the truth because they're of their father, the devil. He is a liar and the father of lies. He has always hated the truth since the beginning, according to John 8, 44. And that's why it doesn't surprise me. For some people, you present them with the truth and they blow up and go nuclear on you. And they hate it and they hate you because they're being presented with truth and the devil despises. He hates. He abhors the truth. And when he is presented with it, he blows up. I mean, think about it. It's just something so innocent. We talk about this at Christmas time, but so innocent. We see mangers and nativity scenes around town and people, I mean, their heads explode. No! Then they go nuts over it. No! Why? Because it's the truth. It's the truth. Jesus was born into this world as a little baby. He rose up. He performed miracles, healed the sick and and brought peace and joy and love. And then he died on the cross and rose again. That's the truth. But if you're full of lies, you hate that. You want to sue the city. You want to sue your neighbor. I mean, I put up this giant cross in my yard every year and this nativity scene. And it's getting bigger and bigger, folks. And it's only going to get bigger. I had one neighbor offended. So guess what? It just got five feet taller. And I added more light. Amen. It just got bigger. <laughs> and, and so, listen, listen, they hate the truth. My baby Jesus isn't hurting you. My baby Jesus did nothing to you except try to save your life. And you're offended by my baby Jesus? Man, you're a monster, man. What's wrong with you? It's a baby. It's Jesus. And so, but listen, if you're full of lies from the devil, you know, you just gotta, you're gonna hate the truth. You're gonna be presented with the truth and you're gonna say, that's not true. I hate, it. listen, it's not like that. God is love. God is truth. And Satan is the exact opposite. Satan hates the truth. And God hates lies. Well, that's a strong word. God doesn't hate anything. God hates lies. 
God hates lies. Proverbs chapter six. Look at this. Proverbs chapter six. And so some sometimes this list is called the seven deadly sins or the seven things the Lord detests. But Proverbs chapter six, verses 16 through 17 And we're not going to read the whole list here. We're just going to read a couple things. But Proverbs 6, verses 16 and 17, it says, There are six things the Lord hates. No, seven things he detests. Haughty eyes. Do we have any haughty eyes in the house? No. Okay. A lying tongue and hands that kill the innocent. But it says right here that God hates a lying tongue. John 8, 44 says that Satan hates the truth. And Proverbs 6, 17 tells us that God hates lies. They are total opposites on every end of the spectrum. Why does God hate lies? Because it's the exact opposite of who and what he is. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Lies are totally opposite of everything that God is. God is love. God is truth. And, and the truth will set us free. And so we've got to start believing what God's word says about us. Because i got to tell you that Satan does not want you to see yourself as God sees you. If you truly see yourself as God sees you, there's nothing in this world that can stop you. You know, we're saying, who can stop the Lord Almighty? Well, the answer is no one. Nobody can stop the Lord Almighty. And if you see yourself as a child of God. You know, I love Romans chapter 8. It talks about how we've been adopted. We, all of us, we've been adopted. My, you know, I've got my natural DNA flowing. You know, I've got my blood flowing from my parents. But listen, even more important, I am so much more proud and, and happy and grateful for my spiritual DNA, for the, for, for the family of God my life than what my parents gave me in this world. And it says in Romans 8 that we've been adopted. We are now sons and daughters of God. And there's a lot of Christians, they don't see that. They don't get the concept that your dad is the most powerful, richest, strongest, best, most loving parent, dad ever, and he's your dad. Think about that. If your if your dad owned the whole company or whatever, and and somebody came up and tried to boss you around, tell you, hey man, go talk to my dad about it. Are you serious? My dad said I can go do that. You refer them to your dad. And whenever the devil, whenever somebody comes up, you can't have that. Well, who do you think you are, man? I know where you come from. Go talk to my dad. Go talk. If you got beef with me, you could take it straight to my dad. He's willing to listen. You go go for it. But listen, you are sons and you are daughters of the God most high. Amen. You are sons and daughters of God. There is no reason in this world for you to see yourself as anything less than a child of the king. There's there's no no reason for that. You are sons and daughters of the king of this universe. And so if Satan can warp the way you see yourself, though, his job is, okay, my job here is done. I'll just move on to somebody else. He sees himself as a no good for nothing loser and can't. All right, let's move on to this guy over here. Don't let the devil change the way you need to see yourself that way that God sees you. He said, that's my son. That's my daughter. I wish they'd stand up and start claiming their rights as heirs to the kingdom. I wish they would stand up and, and say something. 
Amen. So you've, you've got to get that. And, you know, I, I knew this one guy, he was a great singer and he finally got this chance to go perform on national television. He got a chance. I mean, worked for it for years. God had given them this gift and, and, and he just lacked this self-confidence. He lacked. Uh, and the night before the performance, he decides, you know what? I'm not going to go. No one will probably like it anyway. No one's probably going to, uh, you know what? I'm just not going to. And he skipped out on a once in a lifetime opportunity to perform on live national TV because he saw himself the way he listened to the lies of the devil. God opened up a door for him and he listened to lies and let it close. And his chance never came again. Never happened. He should have listened to what God's word said, but he listened to the devil instead. I'm telling you today, listen to your dad. Don't listen to the enemy, to, to that, that predator that, that, that walks around as a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Listen to your heavenly father. He is full of truth and the truth will set you free. The third thing we're going to say today is this. Number three, you've got to resist the devil. You have to resist the devil. Let's look at James chapter four, verse seven. James 4, verse 7. Is anybody getting anything this morning? James chapter 4 and verse 7. So how do you know if something is a lie? Well, if it's contrary to the word of God, it's a lie. James chapter 4 and verse 7. And a lot of you are probably familiar with this. Hey, someone should claim this one right on the floor. I don't know if it's on the floor yet. Hey, I just looked down and it's right there, actually. That's cool. Seriously, that, that was, yeah, somebody already wrote it. That looks like a, a, a male's handwriting. I don't think a woman wrote that. Chicken scratches. But anyway, James, James chapter 4, verse 7. All right. It says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Does it say if you do these things, the devil might possibly think about considering fleeing and walking away from you? No. It says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Okay, well, what do you have to do first before you resist the devil? You've got to submit to God. And I know a lot of people, they're resisting all day long until they turn blue in the face, but they haven't submitted to God. And nothing has happened. The devil thinks you're a joke because that guy doesn't even listen to God. He doesn't even follow the Bible that he's quoting to me. Well, I don't need to listen to him. He's a liar, man. Oh, I'm afraid right now. He doesn't even believe the Bible. Listen, you've got to submit to God. And when you are submitted to God and you resist the devil, the Bible promises he will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We've got to get a hold of this in our lives. We can resist the devil. And, and listen, we've got to be bold. I mean, I know a lot of people that pray some pretty timid, wimpy prayers. Oh, dear God, man, please, please get the devil away. He's picking on me all day long, man. Get him away. It's not fair. I hate him. Listen, don't be a little sissy pansy. you got to get real with it. you got to stand up. Open your eye. I like what Dr. Barclay says. He says whenever he's resisting the devil, when he is directing something at the devil, he doesn't close his eyes because he has no respect whatsoever. If he's on his knees praying to God and he's about to resist the devil, he gets up, he opens his eyes and he says, I resist you in the name of Jesus. You're a liar. You're the father of lies. 
There's nothing good in you. I resist you in Jesus' name. But man, you don't show any respect. You don't give him an ounce of respect or glory. You take it seriously. You get bold and and, and you speak the truth. Amen. And so I'm going to show you uh, Matthew chapter four. This will be our last place to turn today. Matthew chapter four. Verses 3 through 11. We, we referenced this earlier, but I want you to see this. Matthew chapter 4, verses 3 through 11. So this story is known as the temptation of Jesus. And so even Jesus, when he was on this earth, the devil is so stupid that he tried to come and tempt Jesus and present Jesus with lies. And he did it in the form of, well, you know, the scriptures say this, so that means you can go do this. And he tried to bring temptation and trouble to Jesus. And so if you're in this room, you're no better than Jesus. The devil's going to try to bring temptation and trouble into your life. If he did it to Jesus, he's going to definitely try to do it to you. I found that out. Definitely. Definitely. That he's trying to do that to me. Matthew chapter 4, verses 3 through 11. And so Jesus was going on a 40-day fast. He didn't give up, you know, video games for 40 days. He gave up food and water for 40 days in the wilderness. 40 days. That is insane, but he did it. Look at this. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become like bread. And here we go right away. If you look at the last part of Matthew chapter 3, Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River and the Holy Spirit comes down like a dove and God speaks out of heaven and says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus just heard the word from God and then boom, next thing you know, if you are the son of God, I dare you to do this. And I've noticed it's just like this story of the sower sowing the word that Jesus told. It says some of those seeds that were planted immediately, birds came and tried to steal it away. And a lot of times you'll hear a sermon just like this in church. You'll hear some scriptures. And that very same day, if the Bible really does mean that, then this will happen. If you really are a son of God, would this be happening to you? You call yourself a daughter. You ought to be ashamed. You are no, you are so disgraceful. And lies will start coming. And you just heard the word on that that same day. And so Jesus just and all these witnesses, heard the audible voice of God say, this is my son. And then Satan comes to if you really are the son of God. I dare you to make these stones become bread. What a filthy liar. He did that to Jesus. He's going to do the same thing. I guarantee you that this very day, he's going to come and try to contradict the scriptures that you've heard in this service today. Something's going to come. Oh, he said, by his stripes you're healed. Then why are you feeling sick? He said that God will supply our need. Then why is this happening? If God loves you so much, then why are you going through this? That must not be true. You must be the one that he doesn't like. Listen, he will come in and try to steal the word away immediately. But look what Jesus said. Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but they live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so Jesus resisted with the word. But you think Satan was done there? No, he kept going. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. 
For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you. They'll hold you up with their hands. So you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And so he's mixing some scripture with his lies here. But look at this. But Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I'll give it all to you, he said, if you'll kneel down and worship me. Now, you've got to realize this. Corinthians 4, 4, that Satan is currently the God of this world. He's in charge because Adam sold us out, man. He did us no favors at all. Adam disobeyed and ate from that stinking tree and sold out. And so at that point, Satan took dominion over this earth. And that's why bad things happen. And it says, first Corinthians 4, 4, Satan is the God of this world. Would this have even been a temptation to Jesus if Satan had had no no rights in this world at all? No, this was real. And he says, I'll give you everything you see. All I ask is that you bow down and worship me. Jesus was in a human body, human bodies that go 40 days without food, make irrational decisions. If you have not had water for, I mean, we live in the desert for several hours. We start to get lightheaded. You will do foolish and bad things. Even the brightest, smartest, strong-willed people will make very bad decisions when their body is very weak and not taken care of. And Jesus is right here. His body is weak. He's weary. He's probably not in his full, doesn't have all of his bearings about him. And he says, I will give you everything if you'll just this one time bow down and we're, no one's even here to see it. No one will know but me and you. You bow down and worship me. Wow. What would have happened if Jesus had said, okay, okay, uh, all right, just this one. What if Jesus had given in to Satan on any of these three things? But look what he's did for the third time. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. The scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. What did he do? He resisted. He said, get out of here. The scriptures say he quoted scripture to the devil every single time. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. How did Jesus resist the devil with the word of God? The word of God is the sword of the spirit, according to Ephesians chapter six. It is the weapon that you have. The word is your weapon. And a lot of people don't use it. Start pick up that sword and use it, man. I'm telling you, I'm not. If someone was breaking into my house, I'm packing. They're going to get I'm just being real. If someone comes in and tries to harm me or my children or my belongings, I'm not going to sit there. Well, I got a weapon over there, man. Just wish somebody would do something. God resist the devil. No, I'm going to pick up the weapon that I've been given and I'm going to get rid of the enemy. They're going to leave my house. They're not going to touch my wife, my kids, my possessions, my health, my peace. And they are. I'm going to take care of business. But there's a lot of Christians. The weapon is right here and they never even use it. Jesus was tempted by the devil, but he resisted. With the word of God every single time. That's your example. And the thing is, you don't know when the attack's gonna come. You've gotta be prepared. You need to be reading this thing every single day. Not wait till a bad report comes and say, okay, I know there's a Bible around here somewhere. And, and God forbid if your only source is your phone, what if you lost data? 
What if you, what if, what if something, what if something happened to your phone and that is the only source of Bible that you have? What if somehow Verizon or whatever isn't working that day? Listen, you need to have some Bible, man. You need to have it here. And as King David said, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against God. And so I'm going to give you a great example of this. My man right here, Dylan, he was diagnosed early this year with stage four cancer in his throat. This man has been to nearly three services a week, every week, 52 weeks a year for about the last eight years. You've heard a lot of these scriptures over and over and over again. And from his own mouth, he has told me, he, he, I mean, stage four throat cancer. Listen, he told me I was shocked the amount of the word that started coming out of my mouth when I got that report. This stuff worked. And guess what? You just went to the doctor a couple weeks ago, and, and what did they say? Cancer-free. Not an ounce of cancer in this man's body. 1,000% healed. Guess what? We give, thank God for the great doctors of medicine, but I give even more credit to that the word of God was in his heart. And so It was so much hidden there that when the fight came, he just started spitting out scripture all over the place. He was like a machine gun. I mean, he was, he was all over the place with scripture, stuff that he's just heard. And guess what? Why is that? Because he's made it a priority. He has been here. He has been reading the Bible. I'm, I'm telling you, that, that doesn't just happen to everybody. God doesn't just magically put scriptures into your heart and mind if you've never taken the time to start listening, reading. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All these times, and he's told me also, sometimes we've turned to scripture and he said, well, I've heard this one a thousand times. But guess what? When it came down to the battle, he was sure glad he heard that scripture a thousand times. I was talking to one of my soldiers, Jacob, a little bit ago. He's, they go out, out to the field there for several weeks at a time, practicing for war in, in Afghanistan or Iraq. And it seems redundant. Like, man, we've done this a thousand times. But guess what? When you're out there and it's the real enemy, you sure are glad you've heard that and done that scenario a thousand times because now you know what to do. And so I'm telling you, out of all this, let's wrap it up here. Satan is a liar. He's the father of lies. Nothing's new. He's done this since the very beginning. He will lie to you every single day of your life. And the more you listen, the more he'll lie. But you've got to do just like Jesus did. You resist the devil with the word of God. That's the most powerful thing in this world. And so get this into your heart. And when it gets into your heart, it comes out of your mouth because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, Jesus said. And so if your heart is full of the word of God, it's going to be coming out of your mouth all the time. You're going to be speaking scripture. And when that fight comes, when the enemy shows up, you're going to know exactly how to answer him. You're going to answer with the word of God. You're saying, no, man, you're a liar. The Bible says this. I resist you in Jesus name. And he has to flee. He's a liar. Amen. Let's go ahead and let's call it quits there today. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.